in the apocalyptic, virus-ridden summer of 2020, two friends with an interest in food and almost no regard for audio quality decided to start a podcast, and in doing so, proved that a little knowledge is a right dangerous thing. We'll, we'll, we'll edit that out because I think we've got Canadians on our side now. Our downloads for Canada are quite good. Shoot the fat, who's in the gun? More rolls of batches and you deserve to put. Pineapple pizza, vegan sausage, evil coffee pods and overpriced porridge. My mind, veggie mind, you're wrong, I'm right. What's the point of butter being light? It's butter, right? The nation's mastication sparks our debation. We talk gustation, it'll rumination. Anyway, none of this is uh, relevant at all to our topic today. No. But I, I did have a great sandwich today. Oh, yeah? What was in it? Well, it was a French-style baguette, sliced down the middle, stuffed with pâté and gherkins. Nice. With some butter. That was it. Simple, classic and effective. Was it wrapped in cling film or in tinfoil? Tinfoil. Yes. Why, why do you ask? I don't know. I just wonder what your preference was. <laughs> what's, it, what's your preference for wrapping a sandwich? Um, parchment. You, you want some sort of like brown parchment and a piece of string, <laughs> like a sandwich which was made for the boys like going, <laughs> going off to D-Day, wasn't it? That's what you want. <laughs> You want a brown parchment, string-wrapped, fucking old-school doorstep sandwich in your knapsack thing before you get on the boat to go to Normandy. You need to, you need to get with the times, mate. You need to get yourself some cling film from Wincanton, where they make the cling film, and Wincanton stinks. People think Wincanton stinks because people in Wincanton stink. That's not true. That's not fair on the people of Wincanton. The reason Wincanton stinks is because... The cling film making process stinks, and in Wincanton they've got a big cling film making factory. Stop picking you, on people from lying? Wincanton. No, no. Or is it Bridgewater? I'm thinking. <laughs> Bridgewater. <laughs> I am lying. It's people. I was going to say it's people from Win- Bridgewater. Wincanton smells of the A three O three and a race course. <laughs> Can you edit that so that every time I say Wincanton, you just cut in Bridgewater? If I say Bridgewater, there you go. Just say Bridgewater a few times in different ways. Uh, Bridgewater, 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 Bridgewater. Excellent, good, yeah. Just splice that into that that bit. So in, in Bridgewater, there's a cling film factory and it smells. Not the people from Bridgewater who... You can't even smell people from Bridgewater because they walk around in clothes made of cling film and it keeps all the stink in. <laughs> it must be quite sweaty yeah, but... <laughs> though inside, but it traps all the traps it all in. Yeah, they, they walk really heavy legged because all the sweat drips down to the uh, cling film socks that they wear. <laughs> oh. um, you know, I've moved away from cling film because I don't know. I'm like both sceptical and non-sceptical about cling film. I think. By now they've ironed out all the, 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 the mistakes with cling films, so it's probably not going to cause me cancer. But on the other hand, you know, you can never be too careful. Mm. Whereas 
tinfoil, I like to use up the world's resources for, with single-use kind of convenience wrapping. You can recycle uh, tinfoil, though, can't you? We just put it in with your bottles and cans. Yeah, just put it in with your bottles and cans, yeah. Do you unwrap it, wash it, and reuse it? <laughs> no, because it, it's never that perfect flatness ever again, is it? Like a, sh- a sheet of tinfoil unraveled and unsullied and unfolded is like a beautiful... It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It's a beautiful mirror. It's true. But yeah. once you've crumpled it and crimpled it and crankled it, it's, it can never be what it was. Although what it does let you do, right. tinfoil, which is better than cling film around a sandwich, is you can have a sandwich, unwrap the tinfoil, eat half, and then scrunch it around, you know, and you get full coverage. Whereas cling film, if a bit of tomato juice or butter or anything moist has got onto the cling film, it fails to adhere. And then you have to, like, tie a knot in it or otherwise try and fold it or work it to kind of keep the sandwich inside. So... Yeah, and and it'll never be the same. So tinfoil, shiny, good, recyclable, good, can be remoulded, which is a word for it's malleable, which is good. Yeah. Cling film makes Bridgewater smell, um, isn't recyclable, and doesn't like to be re- reused. So tin tin foil for the win, Sam. I think you've got with with cling film, you've got probably ten seconds or so after having unreeled it to use it, because after that point, for some reason, it, it's either stuck to you, <laughs> or it just loses all its ability. I mean, I don't know. The, the, I've never had to throw away a piece of tin foil after unraveling it because I can't use it. Yeah. Whereas with cling film, I've had to throw bits away because after I've taken them from the reel, they just they've they've stuck to my face or something, and I can't. Yeah. I you know. You look like a Bridgewater citizen sometimes if you get it wrong. If you pull a big bit off, it tries to it does cling to you. Or you get have you ever had like that cheap and nasty cling film maybe like from the spa because you were desperate. And it either doesn't come off the roll properly, like you know, like when sellotape starts splitting, and you get all different ends of sellotape, yeah. and you just think, I'm just might as well just throw the whole fucking thing away and go and buy a new roll of sellotape because this is shite. But you don't, yeah. you you persevere, don't you? You carry on with that at Christmas, picking yeah, pick the end, trying to get it. But cling film that doesn't come off properly or doesn't cling, like it's clingless. You get like you just get film. It doesn't cling to anything, and you and you wrap up your sandwich or whatever, and you think that's not clinging, and then you think, oh, have I got it inside out? I don't know if you ever thought that. It's like, have I put it on the wrong way round? <laughs> <laughs> Would it do it better if I turned it upside down? And then you try and turn it upside down, and obviously it doesn't because it's just shit. Yeah. Oh, we should have done a whole podcast about hating cling film because I hate stuff. I I can't stand it. I I hate it to bits. Everything about it, actually, the the packaging that comes in, like the the the, when it's a shitty plastic cutter on the side. I don't, of I don't use one. that cutter. I use scissors. You, well, I think that's the that's the chef's technique, isn't it? When they use cling film, they don't they don't ever use a cutter. They just have a big roll of it, peel it off, cut it with their knife. Yeah, because I don't trust the cutter thing. And then if you pull on it and it doesn't cut properly, you just shred it. Or it twists, and then it clings to itself and becomes like a, a plastic rope thing. 
it was no good to anybody. Mm. Oh, I fucking hate. I had a roll of cling film recently. I, I do use the the cutter thing. There was a tooth missing about two thirds of the way down, and so every single sheet I tried to tear off, it, it just went like I got a diagonal cut as soon as I did oh. it. You know, just kind of stretching out. The, yeah, it's horrible stuff, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not a good way to start a podcast, is it? Talking about cling film because it just puts you in a bad mood. Maybe we need to do five minutes on uh, tin foil, like good quality tin foil. Chef's chef standard tin foil is amazing, especially if you're into barbecue. When it's heavy duty and it, it can stand up to some folding, unfolding, crinkling, uncrinkling, it can hold its own when it's pulled against like a, the edge of a bone or something. Yeah, you know, which can would tear through an inferior, but you can get a shit. You can get shit tin foil. Yeah, but I don't buy that. Know, which is like kind of, it's so thin you could use it to wipe your ass, and it would be absorbent. You know, <laughs> that's the really crap stuff. Yeah, now you need chef's the grade. stuff that chef's grade is good. Right, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw something else in the mix here and see what you think about it. Seeing as you've revealed yourself to have drinking oat milk the other day. Have you ever used a a reusable beeswax cloth to to wrap your sandwiches in? No. You're looking at me like you don't know what the fuck I'm talking well, about. No, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And the answer is no, because I don't shop at a National Trust exit through the shop shop. Where did you buy this after some visit to a castle? <laughs> no, I bought it at a... a I went to a, a school fair in Brighton. And there was a, a lady at the school fair in Brighton selling these. It was a winter fair and there was she was selling these, so I bought a few. Yeah, I, I can already see the scenario in Brighton where the woman's talking to you and she's going, oh yeah, so I, I used to work in um, finance in the city, but then uh, me and Kevin, we moved to Brighton for a complete change of lifestyle. And uh, I really got into like different uses of beeswax and like it's absolutely brilliant stuff. I mean, you can do anything with beeswax. And uh, like, our ancestors have been using beeswax for X, Y, and Z forever and ever and ever. And I just really kind of got really passionate into it. And um, so I'm now making these uh, beeswax uh, cloths that you can wrap sandwiches with, you can wash your children in, and uh, you can descale um, a monkey with. Um, would you like to buy some? You go, oh, yeah, I'm sold on that. I'll um, I'll buy them. And you go, okay, so so one ten centimeter by ten centimeter sheet is um, four hundred and fifty pounds, please. That's one of those, isn't it? It's fucking like her business model is basically to sell ten of these a week to gullible twats. And then she can, she can add to all the money she made in the city, selling oil and cling film and other horrendous, poisonous, dangerous, nasty substances, <laughs> so that she can carry on living her hipster Brighton lifestyle. Is that what it was? Is that what it was? Um, well, when you put it like that, in retrospect, now looking back with you know twenty twenty vision. The problem with the beeswax cloths is that, <laughs> unlike tinfoil, where if you fold tinfoil over on itself, it holds, doesn't it? Mm. That's one of the beauties of tinfoil. Yeah. If you fuck up tinfoil, it's your own fault. It's not yeah. a fault of the material. Yeah. Unlike cling film. Yeah. Beeswax cloths can, they tend to unravel, I found. And could you accidentally set fire to a beeswax cloth? Well, I think when we're 
you know, when we're low on fuel and the, and the heating's off and we're in the middle of winter, I might end up using it as a, a heat source. Yeah, set fire to it. And I have no idea if they're as, as good or as, as tinfoil at preserving a sandwich, but normally a sandwich is eaten within 20 minutes of leaving the house anyway, so probably no problem. Yeah, that's one of the longest uh, preambles to an introduction to a podcast that we've ever done. I'm blaming you for that. <laughs> when I was a child, uh, when we talked about this with the school dinners, um, I, my mum sent me to school with a sandwich quite often. Instead of being wrapped in tin fill, tin tin film, <laughs> cling film or tin foil, it, she it was enclosed in a perfect sandwich-sized Tupperware box. That's boring, isn't it? <laughs> So, sandwiches, eh? Yeah. They're fucking great, aren't they? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, when you when you suggested this topic, I was absolutely. I thought this is this is the one. This is the motherload. This is the champion topic. I'm pumped. I've been pumped all week since you mentioned this. But I just think, like, it's so in- easy to get enthusiastic about sandwiches that you know this should be a good show. I mean. Obviously, you and I could fuck it right up, so we'll have to wait and see what it sounds like. But I've been excited all week to talk about Sarnies. Oh, fantastic! Oh, you just said Sarnies. Mm. That is exactly what I call them as well. But I believe that we saw something else on Twitter in the past few days about what other people might call sandwiches. Sandwiches. <laughs> sandwiches. <laughs> Fucking that. that beer you had earlier. The um, what was it? Blueberry and. It slow. Like, it's a slow sound. Slow. It's made you a bit... Was it about like 15% or something? What has it fucking done to you? Right, untie your tongue. <laughs> Get with the programme. We've got to talk about sandwiches. Yeah, I say Sarnies. I, can, I like sandwiches as well. But yeah, this dude on... Our friend on Twitter, who sends out an awful lot of pictures of some very crazy stuff out, which is always good fun. He refers to them as Sammies. Which obviously, with your name being Sam, uh, is good fun. So, he was, what was he talking about today? It was Sammy, Sammy, Sammy's, Salmon Sammy's. It's made me want to open a sandwich shop called Sammy's Sammy's, but I think that would just confuse us. Um, I think he's American. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not that we've got anything against Americans on this podcast. We, I was accused the other day of being anti-American. Oh right, by whom? By one of our friends. Uh, I think I said the word trash. And he said, he said, uh, for someone who's so anti-American, I'm surprised you use that word. So I, I told him to keep to his own sidewalk. You fucking, you told him, didn't you? Are you going to introduce this podcast then? Oh, so today's podcast is all about sandwiches. There you go. To be honest, like we've, we've done however many of these recordings now. Some have come to light, some haven't. We've saved some for special occasions. But when I suddenly thought of this and texted you in, in like within 30 seconds of me thinking of this, why the hell haven't we covered this before? Because this is, this is the pinnacle of convenience food. It's everything we live for. It's both British and international. You know, it's, it, it straddles the whole world of food because if you put something between two slices of bread, it is a sandwich. And bread can mean 
many, many things. It can mean tortillas. It can mean naan. It can mean um, bread. And so, therefore, like, the sandwich is universal. It is. But it's named after our very own Earl of Sandwich. Yeah. See, I'm, I don't know where you stand on this, because I obviously one of my favourite sayings is start at the start. So I, I kind of like, right, let's start with where it comes from. We all know the story of the Earl of, the Earl of Sandwich. John Montague, the fourth Earl of Sandwich, playing at the card table, gambling, gets hungry, can't be fucking bothered to stop gambling because he's obviously a, an addict. Asks someone to go and make him some food who then comes back with something between two bits of bread. And this is the sandwich. Correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you being a middle-class tosspot, you obviously see that as like um, an an amazing uh, opportunity to fly the flag for Britain and the upper classes for for being like, you know, brilliant. But I see it slightly differently, which is that, first of all, this guy's got a significant gambling problem. And if he was a working class or a poorer person and he had a gambling problem... I think people would generally focus on the gambling problem rather than his eating habits. So obviously, there's discrimination there, and also obviously, and also he didn't invent the sandwich. Someone else invented the sandwich for him. That person went off, made the snack, brought it to him, and then it got called named after him. So he's stolen the fruits of that person's labour, and I'm not sure it should be something to be celebrated. I mean, I haven't read, you know, all of Karl Marx's work. But I'm sure in there somewhere he was something like, we need to deconstruct the naming of the sandwich and the whole premise of the sandwich and where it all came from. Um, because this is an example of the upper classes and the powerful stealing from the poor. And I'll give you an example. You know, like a snake bite in black. Yeah. So someone with a drinking problem says, I need to get more drunk as fast as possible put all these horrible, like, these drinks in a glass so that I can quaff them and get absolutely slaughtered. Yeah, and it needs to be palatable. Yeah, it is just what it is. But if the fucking fourth Earl of Sandwich had said, I've got a drinking problem, put all these drinks in a pint glass so I can get absolutely smashed, they'd be going, ah, it's a pint of of sandwich. Or a pint of Earl. Or pint of fourth Earl of Sandwich or whatever. That's not something to be celebrated, is it? Why does this guy get things so just large? If he went in, I don't know, on his way home, couldn't be, you know, needed a piss and decided to urinate over someone's car, he wouldn't go, oh, he's just done a sandwich all over that person's fucking Capri. <laughs> Brilliant. Like, let's call it having a sandwich. Like, no. Why does this guy get a pass? He's got a significant gambling problem. He needs to be checked into the, um, the Priory. He needs to be in there with Gaza, uh, Chris Evans, and <laughs> anyone else who's got some sort of problem that needs to sort it out. Well, I think I think what you'll find is is that you know maybe maybe in the in the future that if uh, someone has a bit of a problem with various things like shagging around, having lots of too many children, ends up falling into leadership of the country, we will then in the future call that doing a Johnson. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. And the other thing is, of course, is that people have been putting, surely before the Earl of Sandwich, people have been putting things between two pieces of bread for millennia. 
since since bread existed you know there's two purposes for bread maybe three maybe maybe four now i'm thinking of it right one is for dunking in soup one is for toasting and having beans on the third is for cutting into soldiers and dipping into a boiled egg which i'm sure is the the original purpose and the fourth is for slicing and putting two things between and eating as a convenient vehicle for delivering flavour in sustenance into your mouth. Yeah, I'd agree with you. So he was he was doing his um, shtick back in 1762. And I reckon way before then someone made a, a sandwich. But they didn't have the British class system and colonial system to, to back that up. I mean, even even you think at some point, even if someone just had a pile of pile of breads, someone who was really hungry probably picked up three of those and just took a bite out of them. So that you've basically got yeah. a piece of bread between two bits of bread. It's like possibly, or someone folded one piece of bread over and just had a bite and made like an air sandwich. <laughs> sandwich, yeah. Do you know what? I, or a butter sandwich. Part of, again, going back to because of the the way our country's structured and and the way it all operates is every time we say sandwich, do we have to pay some sort of kind of levy that goes off to you know the earl, whoever the current earl of sandwich is, is probably ca- going to cash in on this. I think it's well well outside of the uh, the copyright limitations. Oh or whatever. yeah, good point. It's probably owned by Warner Brothers now then. Or Google. Or the Warburtons. But that's why I think that we call them Sarnies, is to avoid that yeah. copyright infringement. Let's try and call them Sarnies from now on, then. That's where Sarnies came from. Because yeah. the sponsorship we get from um, Cadbury's Green Meg isn't enough to cover it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're ever going to be calling anytime soon. Oh, a shout-out, by the way, to uh, Barry Hurrows, one of our long-time listeners who has provided us with some excellent artwork recently so thank you for that barry that was in reference to the cream egg episode because he he did us uh did some lovely collages so so back to sarnies i've been thinking a lot about this and and i've had sandwiches or sorry sarnies all around the world and i think there are some countries who think themselves to be of higher quality sarni than us here in the uk namely the americans i keep coming back to the americans but namely the americans seem to think that their sarnies or sandwiches are better than anyone else's and not because they're of higher quality necessarily but because they put more stuff in them yeah to the point where quite often an american sarni will be too big to fit into your mouth because it's stuffed so full of meat mayonnaise cheese dressing lettuce tomato over the years i've i've kind of got a bit tired of that idea and i'm i'm firmly back into the british way of doing sarnies which is two nice pieces of bread with a minimal amounts of tasty stuff fish paste marmite jam chips enough said right wrapped up in parchment with a bit of string around it and in the box, underneath your gas mask, as you skip off down the street 
wearing a grey woolly jumper, grey shorts, grey stockings and thick black shoes to go and see if you can find an unexploded grenade somewhere in the in the bashed up bricks of London. Yes. And what's wrong with that? There's no... Well, yeah. The war was such a wonderful time, wasn't it? No. And I agree with you, because I, I think there's a point where what you just described stops being a sandwich. So let's let's attribute the sandwich to the Earl of Sandwiches made, right? Yeah. And her, I'm going to say her, her intention was something which was really simple to put together, nutritious, delicious, really simple to put together and could be eaten at the card table with minimal fuss. Some sort of like... Yeah quadruple decker sandwich which involves being held together with a stick through the middle is not that is it no like if if she'd gone off to make that sandwich whilst he was at the table you know he may have just passed out from malnutrition whilst playing cards by the time it got her you know taken her to get that ready and also the one of those elongated cocktail sticks probably hadn't been invented by then. So, so what would they have used? I don't know. I don't know. Like a small a dagger. If it's to whittle the stick down. Yeah, a quill. Well, that would have taken extra time. A quill, <laughs> yeah, probably a quill. A but quill. quills were, you know, useful writing implements at that point. So wouldn't have been wasted on a sandwich. No, and also, who wants an inky sandwich? Not I. Um, Not I can I. imagine actually. She she so she, she ran down. She sliced a couple of pieces of bread. Probably what all the filling she had to hand was maybe the leftovers of, you know, a ham. She sliced a few pieces of the ham. It probably tore. It probably was a bit chunky. Put it in the bread on the bread, and that was about it. I, I'd imagine. I mean, run that back up to his lordship. What did he do? Just slap the other piece of bread on top and eat it as is. Yeah. Um, she probably buttered the bread. He's too good to butter his own bread. Yeah, I think she would have buttered the bread because... I don't know, I just I just have faith that she would have done. She was, she was, She's a good woman. Why are you trying to put her down? I'm not. I'm, like, I'm, she, I'm... Well, you did. You said that she would have run downstairs in a panic. So what she would have done is hacked off two bits of bread and some ham and then just stuffed it on a plate and left his lordship to make the sandwich i think she had more ability than that she would have thought i need two nice even bits of bread here so i'm gonna i'm gonna cut them nice and slowly like get get them nice nice and even and i'm gonna butter those bread that bit those slices of bread because they're probably a little bit dry and she probably took a sharp knife and shaved off some nice bits of ham and then probably topped it with some salt and vinegar crisps and some Coleman's mustard. She knew how to make a fucking sandwich, mate. She, whoever she is, deserves to have the name of the sandwich. Like, I'm going to call her Barbara, and next time I want a sandwich, I'm going to say, someone make me a Barbara. Please. I don't just walk around my house shouting out, make me a, make me a sandwich, I don't. Um, or I'm going to go to a Barbara shop, and I'm going <laughs> to order a nice Barbara, and... <laughs> I'm going to be really... I'll think of Barbara in the Barbara shop whilst I eat my Barbara, and I'll be really happy for her. And the other sandwich can can do one as far as I'm concerned. 
you just mentioned something which I think is a a very key component of of some of the finest sandwiches I've ever eaten, and because I think the addition of crisps to any sandwich makes it greater than the sum of a sandwich and some crisps. If no one's ever put crisps inside a sandwich, they haven't lived. If someone's if someone's never put crisps in a sandwich, then they they lack a basic level of fucking inquisitiveness. And probably need to be, I don't know, have their head mushed between two bricks or something. Like, if you've never just looked at a sandwich and then looked at a packet of crisps and thought, I wonder, I fucking wonder whether, do you think, do you think that extra little crunchy saltiness would improve the sandwich? Like, if you've never, if you, if you don't have the fucking synapse response to think that, you're already dead. I've made clear judgments about people when I first met them. If I've sat down for lunch with them, they've pulled out a, a sandwich and pulled out a packet of crisps and then opened the sandwich, put the crisps in and closed it again. I've gone, you're all right. Yeah. You know about the finer things in life. Do you open the sandwich and then lay the crisps in an orderly manner over the contents of the sandwich, the Barbara, and then add the lid... Or if it's on a plate, just empty the crisps onto the open Barbara and see how many you can get in there and then pop it on top and see what and let things just fall out the side. Because I've seen both methods of being used. I'm not an animal. No, but which you prefer you prefer I the, carefully lay the carefully layered. Carefully layered so that no crisp falls outside of the boundaries of the bread. So that when I bite into said sandwich, crisps do not get lost. Okay. Crisps are too too precious. I would have I would have clearly I think I would have clearly had you in the just open the open the barber and dump the crisps in, whack the lid on, and see what happens. Kind of. Uh... I'm I'm also I'm a sick I'm a single layer crisp man. No overlapping required. I'm beginning to realise you've got layers that I never knew were there. I thought you I thought you were a dump and crunch kind of guy. No way. Yeah. Like, you open the packet of crisps and you inspect the crisps to find the correct ones to fit yeah, perfectly. Yeah, that's, in a, that's in a... me. That's that's me down to a T, and you know that. But I, I had you as a dump and crunch. I just thought you would just whip the top off the Barbara, dump, dump the crisps in there, whack the lid on, and just go for it. And... That's how you have so many stains down your clothes. But I was I'm obviously wrong about this. <laughs> when, when, when you when it comes to this particular topic, Mr. Just fucking suck it and see just decides that suddenly there's a, some organization needs to take place. Listen, like I say, you've got layers. Literally you've got layers. <laughs> oh well I'm glad we're on the same page at least with this you know, our standards when it comes to crisp sandwiches. Mm. The, uni- the universal, for me, is the salt and vinegar crisp. I think salt and vinegar crisps go with any kind of sandwich. And preferably McCoy's for that extra thick, crunchy, crunchy. And the, gro- and the grooves help to pick um, up butter and mustard and stuff in the sandwich. I don't quite know what to say. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a purist, I guess. Uh, this is maybe where we differ. It has to be ready salted. It has to be walkers, and the rest can fuck off. 
You say that that salt and vinegar kind of goes with everything. Does it? Doesn't it? If you had a well, if you had a beef and horseradish sandwich, would salt and vinegar go with that? I don't think so. Why? Why not? Because the vinegar would be really weird with the beef. You've never had beef and vinegar. Yeah. Never had beef in the loop. You're, you're stretching here. I, I saw you like trying to think of something which had beef and vinegar in it. <laughs> and you came up with beef vindaloo. So is that when you when you have a beef sandwich and you put yeah. salt and vinegar crisps in it, does it remind you of a beef vindaloo? Is okay. that what you're going so for? Beef and vinegar don't go together. Cor- how about corned beef and yeah. a um corned beef and a pickled anything? Pickled cucumber. Gherkins aren't technically vinegar, though, are they? I, yeah, I know. I knew you were going to go down the fucking. You know what I mean? Come on, lacto fermented motherfucker. Come on, play the game. I think a beef sandwich is better with ready salted crisps. Okay, so you don't like chutney? You wouldn't. You wouldn't entertain any kind of pickle or chutney or anything anywhere near, near a beef sandwich because they just don't go together. No. No. Okay. Horses for courses, isn't it? It's horses for courses. Chutneys for ham and pork yeah. products. Okay. You know that. I don't know. I don't know this. But what I do know is that if you ever, ever, ever consume beef with vinegar ever again, I am going to fucking jump on you like an angry tiger and you're in deep trouble. So you better you better hope that this is ingrained in your lifestyle because I'm watching you now. I'm gonna have you. Because <laughs> when one 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 day, one night when you've had too much to drink or something, you're gonna let your guard drop and I'm gonna I am gonna take you down to fucking Chinatown, pal. I'm locked in. If there's one thing I am, it's evilly facetious. Illumination uh, no, I can't think of any other examples of sandwich where you wouldn't necessarily benefit from some vinegar. That's the only one I can think of. Coronation we'll chicken. See. I'm not sure I'd put crisp in the coronation. I'm not sure I'd buy a coronation chicken sandwich. That's what I mean. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. I didn't hark back to the coronation, do I? As, <laughs> as we've already discovered. I'm storming the beaches of Normandy. <laughs> Yeah, the immediate post-war period for me has is past and can be left in 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 the past. You know, I'm not a, a nine, Nigel Farage wanking 1950s fuck fuckwit like you. But <laughs> <laughs> the war's over. The royal family are over. The coronation is over. If anything, the 60s. What the 60s allowed you to do, as well as wearing short skirts, have the pill. And experiment with uh, casual recreational drugs. It's to put salt and vinegar crisps in sandwiches. <laughs> Ill rumination. Despite that you decided to start this podcast by mentioning cling film, which is a natural downer, and to shit all over another person's preference for salt and vinegar crisps, I'm going to try and lighten the mood now with a. One of these ranking events that I know you love so much. I, I do. Although I'm not 100% convinced that in the mood that you're in that you will actually partake. So we'll see how we get on. Hit me. So obviously this is, um, yeah, my opinion is fact. So of the standard 
British, well, I say British, but standard kind of like breads that you would get for a sandwich in the UK. So we're not talking yeah. um, tortillas and other flatbreads and this, that and the other. What you'd prefer as your as the bread for your sandwich and why. Okay? So okay. the BAP or roll, I can't be bothered to get into an argument. I live in Manchester. I really can't be bothered to get into an argument about whether it's called a BAP or a roll or a fucking cob or whatever other stupid names people have Go on. In Go on. Say it. Say it. What do they call them up there? Um, You're going to say it. No, I can't remember what they call them up here. What is it? A, a balm. balm. A balm. Yeah, a balm. No, just a roll or a bath. You know, a roundy thing. Yes. Yeah. A, a, a sub roll. A long, yeah. a long one. Yeah, a lob roll. Right. A baguette or a bit of a baguette. Okay. A slice. Two slices of right. bread, or the doorstep. How are you differing a slice and a doorstep? Like just doorstep is really thick, hand sliced, whereas a, a slice is normally a machine cut. But you can you can hand slice a slice, but it's not as thick as a doorstep. Yeah, doorsteps are equally like is double two bits of sliced. You okay. know, like not really good for the listeners. But I'm holding up that and. With perspective, it's about the size of my head, but in reality, it's probably about no ten centimeters. <laughs> uh, I have to rank these. Well, just which would you which would you prefer and why? But rank them, yeah. You 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 know as well as I do that that depends on the filling, and the occasion. I'd put doorstep bottom. Because they're quite difficult to eat, even as they are satisfying. But uh, I mean, a sandwich is a convenience food, so not a fast food, a convenience food, as in it should be convenient and easy to eat, and the bread should be a vessel with which to transfer the material to your mouth without having to wash your hands that much afterwards. Really, all you want to do is brush them off on your trousers. <laughs> I would say that. Doorstep bottom. Right. And I'm going to go standard slice top. Okay. And in between? Baguette, sub roll or back? Sec- second from bottom is your sub. Because I think there's too much capability of losing material from a sub. Mm-hmm. Then a roll. Uh, very convenient. Yeah. Very delicious, perfectly lovely, but not as good as a baguette because the texture of a baguette is fantastic. And then your, your classic slice, for nostalgia reasons, I think. Right. Well, we know you've got nostalgia reasons, for sure. Issues, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you've done quite well on that. It's not perfect, but you've done quite well. Should I... Should I tell you what you should have said? Yeah, go for it. (laughs) So at the the top, we've got the baguette. Right. Because it's crusty. It's tasty because it's got a nice crust on it. And you can cut it to the required size. So if you wanted to have a whole baguette sandwich, you could, you know, 
you could go crazy. The baguette is like really flexible in terms of that. The next yep. is the sub roll. Okay. Because it is again, it's got a lot of space to allow you to put as a decent filling in it. But also, if you turn it, I think you said you might. There's a risk of losing stuff. But I think you were trying. You were thinking about eating it like straight um, sideways on. Whereas I was thinking, if you ate it end to end, it's got good um, mouth entry. <laughs> I was thinking it's got good mouth entry on the sub roll, um, so that there was no wastage. But maybe you, you misinterpreted that. The next is the back stroke roll stroke carb and all the rest of it it's just a neat and tidy bread like no airs no bases but it's yep. really neat and tidy next one is sliced it's a bit boring but it's standard you can work with it and as you alluded to earlier they've even designed tupperware to fit it in so it's just neat it's just <laughs> neat and tidy um, but maybe a bit more boring than, than the, the back and at the bottom is the doorstep like you it's ostentatious it's too big. It's too big for your mouth. It's too big for your hand. And if you're trying to stuff all of that into there, like you're going to lose stuff out the side. You're going to lose things out the back. It's the filling to bread ratio of the doorstep potentially could go all wrong. So therefore, that's at the bottom. I and the other thing about the doorstep, I always thought is, it's it, doorstep is just created because someone can't cut bread properly. Well, that was going to be my next so, point. It's exactly that, isn't it? And usually it's doorstep at one end and too thin at the other. So it's it really is kind of just... It's like a, it's like a doorstep at a really, really old cathedral that's just been worn down by thousands <laughs> and thousands of people stepping on it. Right, that, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's one... It's, it's shallow in the middle, yeah. A doorstep, I think, comes from... You know people who can't cut bread? They just... Yeah. Some people can do it and some people can't. I'm in the can-do um, category. But some people can't do it and they always they create an angle. So they've got a loaf of bread that's got an angle and they go, oh, I'll straighten that angle out. And then they create, so they create the thick, thick side, thin side slice. And then they say, oh, now I need another slice, which they in their mind think will be another straight one. But because they can't cut bread, they then cut another one of the angle and then it recreates this whole angled process so they can only ever do doorsteps and it is it's literally just the get out clause for people who can't cut bread and all they yeah. need to know really is that if you've got a standard tin loaf and you're trying to cut it is turn it on its side that's all you've got to do people is turn the loaf on its side and you will cut a nice straight piece of bread. If you try and cut it from the top crust down, that's how you get tears and weird angles being produced. Put the loaf on its side, cut down the side. I never knew that. I will. Um, I, I need to go, and I'll be back in a second. I'll tell you how my great aunt Elizabeth used to cut her bread, and it'll make you weep. Illumination. Much to my grandfather's disdain, Instead of slicing the bread, you know, through the through the top crust or through the side crust, which is something I've never heard of before, so I'm quite intrigued by that, and I'll, I'll be using that technique in the future. Thank you for that. Instead, she would she would upend the loaf, put it on its end, hold the knife horizontally, slice through, and rotate the loaf 
So you, <laughs> you'd actually end up with a slice which was kind of con- concave. Ooh. Interesting. Was she Canadian or something? <laughs> she. Yeah, it's so weird you said that. She she wasn't Canadian, but she um, was married to a Canadian. <laughs> and maybe he influenced her. I just thought that was they similar to how you might kind of chop a tree down, isn't it? Like slice horizontal through the tree. <laughs> That's what you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah with a chainsaw. Um, <laughs> she, she was a she was a whiz in the kitchen with a chainsaw. Well, I'd imagine actually a chainsaw would get the job done a lot quicker than yeah. the way she tried. Fucking Canadians, eh? <laughs> Fucking Canadians. <laughs> first, first of all, they come over here in the war, fighting for the Commonwealth, and marry British women and leave them, and then they invent clamato. It's the no end to the ills they will bring to this world. Going back to the sandwiches thing, so I was going to tell you a story. Mm. I have bad memories of sandwiches. We'll see how this goes. I have bad memories of sandwiches because I remember very distinctly when I was young and I was getting ready for a school sports day. I was getting, like my dad said, make sure your kit's ready. So I went to have a look at my kit and (laughs) turns out that somehow my sandwiches had like kind of smudged out of the cling film wrapper and gone all over my pristine white top yeah i remember all i could say like ah, i was so angry i said oh no my sandwiches but the good thing was my dad was just he was just a fucking guru when it came to these kind of things he had this saying and he would always say, like, Sam, you have to have positive mental attitude. And he used to call it PMA. So he'd say, Sam, think PMA, PMA. And so basically what happened was my mum, quick thinking, she got my stained sandwich stained T-shirt. To be fair, most of my T-shirts were sandwich stained at the time. So this wasn't a, this wasn't a, an unusual occurrence. And put it in the washing machine, came out glowing white and I it turns out I won the sack race that day so it was all fine in the end yeah I, I remember that I distinct I distinctly remember that advert as well I distinctly remember that advert and the bit that you've admitted is you're saying when you realize that your sandwiches had leaked the, the cling film the bridge the cling the Bridgewater cling film had leaked failed and the sandwich had leaked beef and vinegar all over your kit <laughs> the saying that ca- that came out of your mouth your little prepubescent mouth wasn't um oh no my sandwiches it was oh no my sandwich tips because there's one thing that the makers of daz automatic washing powder can't fucking get away from is that it's not good enough to have a cute little kid say, oh no, my sandwiches. <laughs> He's got to have an elaborated faux childlike voice that all that bordered on a lisp. And he didn't just say, oh no, my sandwiches. It comes out as, oh no, my sandwich pips. Then his, then his dad comes in with all the PMA and the rest of it. I remember that advert. Distinctly. <laughs> 
But to be fair to that kid, he did have a positive mental attitude and he went on to win a gold medal at the 1990 Barcelona Olympics in the 100 metres dash. So well done, that boy who became Linford Christie. One of the things which I thought about that particular uh, advert was if you went to the effort of creating an advert about a kid winning a race, you wouldn't make it a sack race. If I lost a sack race at primary school, it didn't bother me at all. If it was a three-legged race, I think that would have been... Yeah. Cause... The three-legged race is the pinnacle of the sports day races, I think. Yeah. But what you've got to remember, Sam, for our listeners, is not all of them grew up in the West Country, so the idea of having three legs uh, might be a bit unusual to them. <laughs> Where do you stand on jam sandwiches? And the secondary question, what flavour of crisps goes best in a jam sandwich? I don't really have a sweet tooth and and never have done. So I've never really been... I don't think I've ever had a jam sandwich. In fact, I'm, I think I'm more of the camp of if your sandwich consists of butter and then something just spread from a jar, not really a sandwich. Or it is a sandwich, but it's a, one of the laziest, lazy, lazy, lazy sandwiches. Let's just put it that way. So where do I stand on the jam sandwich? If someone makes me a jam sandwich, I'm thinking you should have tried harder. And what crisps go with a jam sandwich? Um, Worcestershire sauce flavour. On both counts, I'm with you, is that actually what I would do is I would take the jam sandwich, open it up, scrape out the jam, throw it away, put Worcestershire sauce crisps in, and hopefully there would be minimal jam left to sully the taste of the delicious crisps. It's a shithead's Victoria sponge. That's what a jam sandwich is. You lazy, <laughs> lazy, lazy fucker. Just actually take it back. Deconstruct the sandwich into its constituent parts. You can keep the jam, but flour, sugar, butter, you know, make a fucking cake, cut it in half, do the job, make the Victoria sponge, and then let me shit on that because I don't like them either. What do you think about the idea of an open sandwich? Yeah, no, I, I was looking at that in the week. I thought, fuck, like, no. It's a no from me. It's, um, I don't know, is it some attempt to be healthy because it's one less bit of bread? If it is an attempt to be healthy because it's one less piece of bread, then just take your single piece of bread and fold it in half. And then you have half a sandwich, which is infinitely better than a whole open sandwich because you can put crisps inside the open sandwich is a bit of a cheat because they're like um what's the posh word for those things they um hand around at uh, weddings and stuff whilst you're waiting for the real food to come up and stop you starving to death canapes so it's sliced baguette crosswise so it's just small bits toasted and then they put stuff on top and then they call it an open sandwich but it's not a sandwich sandwich yeah. It's not a Barbara because the bread's been toasted. But yeah, it's, it's not a sandwich at all. It's not a Barbara because it's got no top. Bread, spread, substance, spread bread. Spread being butter or margarine or mayonnaise or whatever. Yeah. I do that sometimes when I'm feeling healthy is I leave the butter out and just put mayonnaise on the sandwich rather than butter and mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was... It's, it's bread, spread, substance spread bread. Right. So 
Is a burger a sandwich? Well, that was something I was going to talk about, which is whether hot do hot sandwiches count? Well, I think we both know that depends on what's hot and what's not. Mm. Actually, it doesn't depend because my head is going through all sorts of things right now. So, a bacon sandwich is blatantly a bacon sandwich. It's a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got hot stuff in it. The bread is not hot. Okay, so you're allowed hot. You're allowed hot fillings. That's allowed. Fried egg sandwich, bacon sandwich, sausage sandwich. It's a burger sandwich. You've sandwiched the burger. I don't know. I I struggle with the burger thing. I really do. The idea of it being a sandwich. I think technically it is a sandwich, but we weren't around when they invented the burger. We weren't there. I mean, more's the pity, because they invented it in the 1950s, and you would have fucking loved that. Um, But it is what it is, isn't it? It's meat between two bits of bread. Uh, What about hot dog? Controversial. It's controversial, that. A hot dog sandwich. Yeah, I'll have have that. A hot dog sandwich. Fuck it. Uh, A burrito. Um, Yeah, it's a sandwich. Not classic, though, is it? It's New World. Old world, new world, old world. Oh man, you're just gonna say yes to everything now. Um... Thing is, though, you know, um, thing with the thing is with that, Sam, a tortilla. Yeah. Is is it bread, or is it just is it on the pancake scale? Uh, on scale, pancake scale. No, tortilla is definitely on the bread scale because the dough is firm before it's cooked, whereas pancake is wet before it's cooked and it firms up during cooking and you i know bread dough is a bit wet you know but it's not the same as a pancake Mm. pancake batter i would say though that if we're going to get into fine detail and i don't think this will make the edit because it's really boring okay so so you're easy with the definition of a sandwich or a a, but a barbara i think a barbara specifically is is two slices of bread with something in between and maybe that's the definition that's the definition we need to go with I was thinking about this as well when we were like, when I was doing my research, was um, you can have an ice cream sandwich, allegedly. What? Which is, yeah, like a wafer. Two bits of like um, wafer. You know ice cream cone wafer? Yeah. Rather than that being formed into a cone, which Margaret Thatcher's ice cream can be poured all over, um, it's like flat. And then a chunk of ice cream in the middle. And then apparently that's called an ice cream sandwich in some areas of the world. No. I can't imagine the yeah. Earl of Sandwich and Barbara coming together, like combining their mm. huge foodie intellect and, and coming up with that monstrosity. No. So for me, for me, in terms of this podcast, to keep it neat and tidy, which we... we run a tight ship here is um, it needs to be something between two bits of bread otherwise you end yeah. up with like the, glu- the gluten free vegans have come along and say oh I had a wonderful uh, avocado sandwich the other day oh yeah what was that it was a slice of uh, cauliflower with avocado in the middle and then another bit of avocado on top uh, cauliflower on top oh marvellous I mean that is not a sandwich is it I'm not fucking eating it. And I'm sure Barbara wouldn't have presented it. I'm sure the fourth uh, sandwich wouldn't have eaten it. So that one can do one. 
Station.